0: Hi guys, my name's Dominica Hulu, and this is Incisive Decisive.
1: Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Dentistry, Ethics, Philosophy.
0: Hello and welcome to episode four of Precise. Yes, we are still here, and um, we are back again. And this
1: time, we're going to talk about the GDC. No pressure. Um, one thing we are doing is we're recording these before the first one one goes out. Yeah. So I just like to say the f- the response to our first three episodes has been. Phenomenal! Who would have Amazing. thought that we would we would oh, have, who geez. would have thought that we would have been on the late late show
0: for <laughs> James Corton? because because it went
1: so viral so
0: fast. So awesome. just, we just well, I think we should actually. You're quite right. We should take this opportunity to thank our listener and um, and say thanks very much for listening. Okay. Please tell one of your friends so that you can double double listeners.
1: Listen
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the GDC, yeah. So this was always what the podcast was going to be about a little bit when it first got muted. And so we shouldn't perhaps
1: get... um, That shouldn't define the podcast. No, I don't think so. I think... I don't think we're going to sort the GDC out in one episode, can I have to say. No. I mean, we've sorted out Facebook. We've sorted out evidence-based dentistry. But the GDC is a... that's an issue. (laughs) That is a big issue. I I think, though... um, (laughs) What, what what strikes me about the gdc
0: thing is that, is that there is a that it's a big monster in the corner but there's a whole lack of misinformation a whole a whole uh, host of misinformation yeah, and a whole absolutely. lack of facts about it and also and an astonishing amount of ignorance in through the whole process and and i was in belfast about 10 days ago doing um a talk about the gdc to, to a small group and um and I found myself having to just completely can the talk and go right back to the oh. very, very basics of the difference between a civil action and okay. someone suing you yeah, yeah. and a
1: regulatory case. And then the process of the GDC that no one knew anything about it. Can, uh, can someone explain that to patients as well, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, and, and the dental law partnership. Well, they, they, no,
0: well And and so that, that lecture and discussion with those guys, if we're going to do the GDC for people that are listening, so this will be quite, the GDC will be quite, um dental focused i guess so this, this so. podcast right um but but the, the the summary perhaps is that that um in 2013 the the, the regulator for dentists changed and and became much much heavier in the way that they regulated um mm-hmm. and i think through this next 30 odd minutes or so we can um we can talk about the history of that and and maybe maybe speculate as to why that happened. Yeah. Um, mm. And 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 then it's caused a dramatic shift in the psychology of the profession.
1: Mm. And spoiler alert, probably not for the better. I would say. No, I, I don't. I don't think so. No,
0: I, I don't think you can. Do, I don't think that. I don't think. I don't think anybody thinks it's a good way no. to, to look no. after a regulated profession. So what happened in 2013? So um. There, there was a stromash, good Scottish word, nice. uh, prior to that where there was a big falling out, there were some legal angles, There was a cha- the chair was dental of the GDC, that chair left, there was supposed to be um, gagging agreements, people couldn't talk about what was going on. It, it, it looks like um, somebody got fed up with what was going on there because the, the chair of the GDC is effectively responsible to the Privy Council. So that's the Privy Council would be, you know, one of the highest committees in the land. And um and so the the, the chair the chair's effectively appointed on behalf of the Privy Council and so they appointed a new chair in twenty thirteen. And the chair was non dental. Um and that and, and that's important, um, because the background to that is that The medics have a medic and the physios have a physio and the nurses have a nurse, and they still do. Mm -hmm. And all the healthcare regulators
1: come from within the profession except dentistry. And I I think that it's it's important to mention, not only is the chair non-dental, they have no prior experience of regulation. So the way that you could possibly sort of say, well, that's going to be okay, is either if you've got someone that knows the profession inside out or that knows the ins and outs of how to regulate a profession.
0: Yeah, Doctor Moyes was um, in charge of, uh, of the consumer association, hmm. so he would argue that that is regulated. But certainly healthcare, healthcare. Oh yeah, yeah. and and he had he worked in monitor mm-hmm. um, and also at, um, at health at healthcare trusts. But uh, but it's that it's the it's regulating the profession that that. And regulating a clinical profession—that is a very specific thing. We would say that, but but what happened following on from that appointment, um, and the, and the interesting thing about the appointment is it's, 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 I'm sure everything was done correctly in inverted commas, but it all looks a little bit cloak and dagger because a lot of people have tried to have a look into that, and there are just a little there's tendrils here and tendrils there, and people associated with this and that, and it's not really. Clear, getting a lot of information about that process. There were two dental applicants to that process, but obviously you can't tell because of confidentiality of what happened to them. But what happened was um, Bill Moyes appeared on the scene, and the first, his, about, about his first public engagement, very close to his first public engagement, was the Malcolm Pendlebury Memorial Lecture. Worth a step aside here to say Malcolm Pendlebury was a local Nottingham guy, um, and in fact, a, a mentor of mine, and my career was wonderful to me. He was an associate specialist at Queen's Medical Centre when I went there as a houseman. And he steered me very subtly in the right direction with a couple of specific things that he did, which were huge in my career. And he was a great man. Um, What's the World Health Organization? Great thinker in dentistry. And so he was dean of the faculty, and he was given this lecture. Uh, in his memory, it was dedicated to him. And Bill Moyes took that lecture, and the
1: and they just he just basically detonated a bomb. So the pen of election is now the text of that is quite difficult to get hold of yeah but actually though i did do a little bit of research on that today and at the
0: bottom when you search for it it says it might have been removed by privacy laws but actually if you search colin campbell lecture it says the same yeah i think that's just a standard i think it is and i've I've criticized the search on that basis so i should pull back from that Mm -hmm. um but it is still hard to get hold of but that's that may be the faculty's uh, doing it, who knows? But but look, it's out
1: there because people you've... can people can get a copy of it if they want to. <laughs> well, people, <laughs> people here,
0: yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Both of us. The only person in this room is Stuart, the photographer, who you might hear snapping in the background. He doesn't have a copy, but I'm sure somebody could pass it on to him if yeah, he was yeah, particularly absolutely. interested. And there's a copy of my iPad. You know?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that then set the tone for what was happening, and that was the start of if you're going to say what happened in 2013. He, Bill Moyes decided he was bringing consumer regulation into dentistry. Um and in a big way. And there's no question that the that the the approach of right touch regulation and inverted commas was lost mm. right yeah, there. Absolutely. Right. And we'll get into the philosophical uh impact of that and what happens from our view of what in that in a minute. But basically, um the GDC became massively, massively in your face visible where they had never been visible before. And so the pendulum swung perhaps from one side where it was a bit lenient, and there's an example of that that we'll come to in a minute, to, to people being uh, having public hearings for charges which seemed utterly ridiculous. Um, and um, and it's, they're not the only regulator that swung in that direction, but they yeah. did swing in that direction really,
1: really hard. So with things like this, I think it's really important to give the best possible reading that you can of that text because there's no point in saying um, someone said this and um, oh it sounds absolutely disastrous, it's going to be crap, this is terrible what you should be doing is saying right let's give this guy the absolute possible benefit of the doubt Um, and then if we are right brilliant, no problem at all but if things happen and it is worse than that best reading then actually that's when you can say look, we've Given you a chance to to do this, we've given you a chance to do the best thing that you can that we think you can do for the profession, and you've kind of cocked it up a bit. There's certain there are certain bits in in the lecture that are, that are, are relative. I, I quite like the idea that one of the things that singles out professions is that we should be constantly trying to improve. That's a really good point. The bits that I don't like are the the. There's a bit in it that says. We essentially we no longer have patients. We have clients. Yeah, we have, and I think that that really I feel that is absolutely. I can't. Don't know how you can possibly no, and say that. That's that. from the words of someone who's never worked Ab- in healthcare. Absolutely, yeah, very much so. And he,
0: so. I, I, I defy him to go to see a healthcare professional, and ask to when he's ill and yeah. ask to be treated as a client. Yeah, and um, and and that's the that's the whole daughter testing. And it's fine for the politicians to say this thing or that thing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but when their wives are having a baby, they don't want their wives treated like she's buying or shopping at Tesco. And it's a fundamental difference that really, I believe that only someone who has worked in the clinical environment can truly Mm -hmm. understand, which is why that role must be taken up by someone who has worked within the clinical Mm -hmm. environment. Now, don't get me wrong, the guy who, who needs to take that role up, be that a male or a female... They, they have to be hard, right, On, in the right places. Because we moved from a situation in, 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 in 2008, 9, 10, where there were cases going through the GDC which were obviously massively sanctionable, mm. which weren't sanctioned, right? And so, for example, um, there was a case of someone who tried to, 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 to defraud their way onto the GDC um, and so that's a that's a, that is a um, that is a matter of public record, right? And that was proven and admitted. And the sanction that was received for that wasn't was not consistent with the crime. I I was involved as an expert in in GDC cases, and I was always a, an expert to the court. Um, but cases in which I was involved, I saw and I saw the sanctions that returned for those cases, and they were not consistent with what had happened.
1: And so it was perhaps inevitable that it was going to swing mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. in the other direction. And certainly if that, if, if that kind of fraudulent behaviour, especially fraudulent behaviour that you admitted was looked at by the GDC now, no matter who you are, whether you're me, bog-standard dentist, whether you're specialist or the surgeon, you are not going to be on the list for a lot, a lot longer. That is clear, clear-cut dishonesty. Yeah. And that's the one thing that the GDC are yeah. exceptionally Yeah. And I, and,
0: I, and I, I I agree with that. And I, and I agree with the fact that dishonesty is not remediable. So you can't you can't exhibit a degree but of the, but it, but I, How
1: I, do you judge what what is honest and what is
0: not well honest? Well that that's, that and so that's a very difficult situation. Now, the, 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 we are all um better than the worst thing we've ever done. To quote um Roman J. Israel Esquire. Um, in Denzel Washington's movie, we are all better than the worst thing we've ever done. I, I do believe that. What it's really important to do, though, is to be able to show remorse, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And even if dishonesty is not remediable, it is it is possible to show huge amounts of remorse and to show how you're trying to redress oh, no, the balance. Absolutely, right? absolutely, yeah. I think the issue with cases that we've discussed yeah. is that that was not the case in some of those cases. No, absolutely,
1: right? and... and... Can, and if that's the case, you're gone, right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, if, and if, if you cannot get past that self-justification of I've done this and there are reasons for X, Y, there are reasons for doing this, when someone's pointed out to you, actually, this is not right, if you can't get over that and you can't um, remedy the, the problems, then you're probably going to face sanctions.
0: Yeah, well, I, everybody's been young. And foolish because yeah. young people are <laughs> foolish, right? But um, but but that we had that situation leading up to the appointment of Bill most to the change of chair at that stage where the perhaps the GDC were too light, mm. right? And that's why whoever comes in next has to execute the people that need to be executed. It's that must happen for the safety of the public, but it's and it walks a fine line, and there will be collateral damage when that's the case. But we went. From not to sixty in five seconds, Absolutely, we yeah. went to eighty percent of cases reportedly eighty percent going to public hearing. Right, so there is not there was four thousand complaints a year or or of that <laughs> order. So so we the GDC advertised in the Telegraph magazine yeah. under the slogan: <laughs> "Are <laughs> you entirely happy with oh, your private dental care?" What does that even mean? Right? <laughs> they also though through this process have entirely lost the faith of the majority of the profession uh, yeah. and and there's no doubt about that there has been the online survey which was um initiated by guys like stephen hudson there was the survey that was done um that, that we commissioned or, or carried out uh, prior to the, the lecture i did for the bda which we, which had over 1500 respondents the confidence intervals were tiny on that they were brilliant um we verified it on IP address and GDC number, and, and the, the results there were awful for the GDC. And so they entirely lost the confidence of the profession. And that then had some significant knock-on effects, which is going to take quite a lot of time mm-hmm. to pull mm-hmm. back from. Um, because we are
1: this, we are one of the major stakeholders in that situation, in that in that relationship. The other thing that happened is that the GDC, not only did the, the number of cases go up, but they were expecting them to go up considerably more as well. They were If you look at what the GDC was saying, they were getting 4,000 or however many per year. And they, by their own predi- predictions, that was going to increase year on year on year, which is one of the reasons why our fees went up. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. But not only that, the profile of who is being complained about has changed. It used to be you had a fairly boring career and then you retired and then someone complained about you because you hadn't looked at their period disease. Yeah. Okay. Now, you are more likely to um, get a complaint against you very early on in your career, so the first few years... Probably because you think you know a bit much no more than you do. <laughs> hey. Yeah, um, Deming, Deming yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then there's a lull in the middle of your career, and then you've got that period uh, yeah, say perio. It's just an easy. Yeah, easy. yeah. And what the other thing that's changing is what's being complained about. So short-term ortho implants. Yeah, um, and a lot of that again is people trying to run before they can walk. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. I think I think we'll we'll get on before yeah. we finish this little chat to
0: to what we can do to address this balance because because part of the process that, that's occurred here has been by of our own making. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I think I think the profession needs to take a long hard look at itself and um, and and the people, the good guys, the guys who are, are keen to do the right thing, to play the long game, and um, who don't see the profession simply as just a cash cow need to get together and need to, to protect it. Um and they and we need to do our job and, and that's hard work. But we also need a strong, fair regulator. And what has so I gave this a lot of consideration because um because I, I had a Majid C case against me, twenty thirteen fourteen and for eighteen months. It ran right in the height of, of, of um of what was going on here. And um um, right at the start of it, in the case, in the situation where the charges for dishonesty, mis- misleading, deliberately misleading, and dishonest were being thrown around, um, on on most cases we're getting those charges, and that was just devastating because I could have gone for that, yeah, yeah. right? And and at our practice we had four in the space of a, a short period of time, four touches with clinicians at our practice, so one clinician's had two, and two clinicians had one. And, um, I mean, that you would have gone through, a practice like this would have gone through its ho- my whole career with never Nothing having seen anything yeah. from the GVC. Yeah. If we had had a letter asking us for case notes on behalf of somebody else, we would have been terrified. And then all
1: of a sudden we've had four. But it's kind of become... De rigueur, it's, it's, it's Yeah, it's, it's almost... A it's, badge of honour is probably the wrong no, thing to say. it is. It's say, an, iron man, it's but, an iron man tattoo. But everyone in this profession, whether they be dentist, nurse, hygienist, whatever... Knows someone or has been through that yeah. process, yeah. I can almost guarantee that, yeah. because if you looked at the Penelope lecture back in, back then, that at that time, seventeen percent of the profession roughly was under investigation, yeah. and that's before it ramped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got it got it got absolutely crazy, and
0: and we're speaking in the past tense because. It seems to have moved on a degree. It's not not fixed yet because there are lots of ramifications for this period that are going to take a long time to fix, and some of them that are unfixable, um, and some of them that the, 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 as a result of this strategy have damaged patients mm-hmm. and patient care forever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to almost uh, uh, irreversibly. Um, and it will be worth discussing those in the next few minutes. Um, God, it's a serious podcast. I that's, know this is not head, fun, is it? My so. head hurts. We uh, this is, we're doing a public service here. I hope everybody appreciates <laughs> that because it's, it's Monday night and you could be at the cinema, and um, but the but the, the the damage that's been done in terms of um, the relationship between the profession, and the GDC, the relationship between the GDC and other professional bodies within dentistry, um, and also um, in the GDC's legitimacy of authority, which is one of the big things I always want to talk about in this, because. In the lead up to the GDC, uh, to the GDC lecture, the lecture I did for the BDA um, about this subject in two thousand sixteen, I think it was two thousand sixteen. Um, I I thought about this a lot and read 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 around these whole concepts a lot. And one of the things I came to was a topic in the in the lecture that I talked about was legitimacy of authority, which was explained first by Malcolm Gladwell to me, and um, in his book, and um, it was about the Northern Ireland question in Northern northern troubles mm-hmm. and and I, and I agonized about whether i could talk about that or whether i had the authority to talk about that but because of the background of my parents one's a Protestant, one's a catholic from the west of scotland i understood that a lot i was brought up with that and i've got friends in northern ireland whose permission i asked for me to speak about it <laughs> who are both but a couple particularly who are no, protestant yeah, yeah, and catholic okay, yeah. um and if you investigate that legitimacy of authority thing the GDC utterly threw that away. So you, you have to be consistent. You have to be fair. Um, the rules today have to represent the rules tomorrow. It has to be predictable. Um, and, and you have to look as if you're treating both sides equally. So <laughs> where, where where they are, obviously they are to protect the public. That doesn't mean they're there to assassinate the profession. Uh, and so in the Northern Ireland problem in 1969, when the British Army went in there as Gladwell describes it, they stood routinely with their backs to the Protestants and their faces to the Catholics. So that's not a peacekeeping force. That's threatening one group and defending another. And um, and that's effectively... So the GDC have gone in with this um idea that, that you don't need to treat um any, your, the public that you're responsible for, the dentist, with any mysticism. You just have to hit them with a stick and they'll come into line. And, of course, that's okay if you're not going to ask some of them to sit on your (laughs) council or you're not going to ask quite a lot of them to be experts in your cases, right? And so what you're then left with are people who will not do those jobs and then the infrastructure within your organisation is then extremely fragile because if your experts are not good enough,
1: any mandate that you have for judgement goes out the window. We we do have a major, major issue with uh, expert witnesses and... Yeah. Uh, uh, witness experts who are stepping out of their field of expertise, so we say. I, well, think, I so. think. I think. I there's worse than that. So so heads up,
0: uh, big up to Simon Thackeray from yeah. Mansfield, <laughs> right? Who who just decided he would do a law degree and do a dissertation on this subject. And so, if anybody deserves a knighthood in dentistry, it's him. <laughs> and um, he um.
1: He, the, one of the biggest issues with them is, that this, is the experts is they're not being neutral experts. Oh, no. you, the idea of an expert witness is you give unbiased information well, you're based to, on what's... You're, you're not employed by the GDC. You're, you're not, not employed the court, by the defence. Right. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You're to the court. And so regardless of who is paying you,
0: your report is to the court. That's the same through any legal process. So you're not reporting on behalf of the defence or on behalf of the prosecution... The GDC, you're reporting um, in an unbiased fashion, using your expert opinion to the court. You're laying your facts down, and that is not happening, right? And actually, in my case, there was a preliminary expert report, and I'm telling you, it was shocking, right? And I, and I obviously I have it, and I, I'm just not entirely sure at all that the individual who was who was judging me in the expert report had ever done the procedure for which I was being questioned about. And uh, that is shocking, but perhaps a symptom of the fact that there aren't enough experts who are prepared to do it. Because let's get this straight. To be an expert at the GDC, the fees that you get, they're not dazzling, okay? So they're okay, but you wouldn't be doing it for that because you'd get paid more if you stayed at your practice. So you do it as a service which is partly remunerated because you should do good things for the profession. But why would you do that for the GDC as it currently stands? You wouldn't do it. And the problem is lots of the good guys have just bailed out. Oh. And then and then the hilarious, so let's have a funny bit of the podcast. <laughs> the hilarious bit is that they, most of the guys that were good, they got a fitness to practice case. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And now they're yeah. not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> So my name's Colin, and I have an FTP history. So even if I wanted to do that job, I am excluded from doing it because I'm damaged goods.
1: And even even with the um, with the reforms that the GC have brought in, like the introduction of caseworkers, so I upstream, upstream, that's the phrase. <laughs> yeah. So I looked at the um, the job description, the the application process for caseworkers, and if you have a fitness practise history, you can't even apply. No, oh, you can't. Know and it. who who better? To be a caseworker or on a fitness to practice panel than someone that's been through that yeah. and got through it and yeah. been okay and, and has th- been remediated exactly. Yeah. You know no, no. the the whole thing with the GDC and I think I think the GDC is a a necessary evil for want once for, one, for better word. We do need some form of regulation. We can't go. Oh around. no, no, we do. We we. I mean, we, definitely. There are sections of the profession that they just they need. Oh <laughs> God, yeah.
0: Well, they need napalm. Um, <laughs> look, it's the, they need they need regulated
1: to 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 near I, death. I saw a dental practice on Facebook. Uh, oh uh, yeah, 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 right yeah, right yeah. Right yeah. We'll get to um, that next episode. Advertising, um, cosmetic dentistry, uh, teeth whitening, and various injections. Oh in, yes, into, I saw that. Was, I know into, into your know naughty bits, yeah yeah, 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 to give you extra sexual vigor.
0: Yeah, well, you know the um, you know the that that used to be the standing joke, isn't it? When the patient came, joke. when the patient yeah, came in, the lady came in and said, "I'd rather have a baby, baby than have my teeth." you yeah, say, yeah, yeah. let me know and I'll adjust the accordingly." Yeah, and and um, well, I mean, look, look, come on, we're we're shouting that's, that some beauticians are doing whitening in their garage, <laughs> yeah. and and you've got dentists who are injecting who are injecting neurotoxins into people's bits. I mean, oh,
1: that's just. Trackers. That needs stopped right now. So going back to what I was saying. So they've said they are are going to step up fitness to practice. Fine. That's okay. There are probably people out there who shouldn't be practicing. Yeah. But there are two ways to improve the profession. And that's what protecting patients is about. It's making the profession as good as it can be and making it better than it was. Yeah. You can either say, here are a group of dentists that shouldn't be practicing, let's get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, well, here is a group of underperforming dentists who are probably very good people. Let's try and use our skills, our funding, the, the people that we've got here, the good people, and turn them around and turn them into good, honest clinicians who can then stand up as role models for the profession and say, look, I was doing this, I was wrong, and this is how... It should be, and this is how it's right. Well, the, the answer to that
0: is, um, which has been suggested now many times, and, and I'm reliably informed that the, pre- the outgoing or the previous um, G- executive of the GDC replied to the question about that by saying the GDC has no appetite for this is um, local resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the only answer to this. Um, local resolution is the setting up of a network of good guys, who who will facilitate that process, and also who will develop a community of, of good practice, of support, of all to a, to a framework, and who will who will um, siphon and filter complaints. Oh, then these, be- yeah, needs to be because people... because most of the time, if you have um, someone in authority who is decent and and has high morals and a patient and a dentist are put in front of that situation and they say, actually, you say sorry, refund the money, you did something bad, 80% of the time or something of that order the patient will say, I'm cool with Mm -hmm. that, thanks very much. This is what, this guy accepts that they've done something wrong, this is what they're doing to fix it so it doesn't happen
1: again. That'll sort it. And and that is much more constructive than the situation we have at the moment. And if you can learn from that, if you can learn from the process of where you've gone wrong... Rather than what a lot of dentists will do, they'll they'll take it on board either as a, a slight against themselves, or they'll just go, "Well, it's not a problem. It's 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 the patient that's an issue." Yeah. When I, it might be the patient that's an issue, but if you if that's your default response, you're never going to learn. So, so the, the 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 two things that the two big things that happened, I think, as
0: it distills down as a result of this whole whole problem for the last five years, that the second thing that happened was. Was the mass exodus from the profession, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that's unfixable, and so the best example of that is Richard Oliver, that, that I know of. And so Richard, when I came to Nottingham as a house as a senior house officer, first first big job, and Richard was here already, and he was just he was brilliant. He was an SHO. He was he was a great guy. He was a very caring clinician, very talented clinician, but just somebody that looked after guys like me, and showed you the ropes and showed you how to do things, showed you how to look after people properly, showed you how to avoid the pitfalls. He then went off to Glasgow to train to be a pathologist. Nobody does that who wants anything other than pain and heartache and poverty. And, um, and he did it, and he, he didn't finish his pathology training, probably for those reasons. He did a lot of it. And he ended up being a singly qualified maxillofacial consultant in Manchester. He was great. And he was a GDC expert. And then he got a case against him. And the case was so horrible that I just sent an email out to all his friends one night and said, that said goodbye and he said, That's me, I'm gone. I'm going to work in the pharmaceutical industry. Wow. Can't take working here. Imagine imagine the pharmaceutical industry <laughs> being a better place <laughs> That's a to better... work. Oh, sure. <laughs> Honestly. Talk about the devil in the deep blue sea. And um, um, he went and he sold he had a fire sale and sold all his implant equipment off. Now, Richard Oliver was the same age as me, forty six. He had twenty years left. Mm-hmm. And almost every patient that he touched would have been improved and helped and bettered. And they're gone. Right, that's gone. It's irreplaceable. You can't you can't backfill his role. Neil Poiser, who who's a consultant uh, he was a consultant and restorative dentist at Queens, he works for me here, he um he left his post because of that. They haven't filled that post. But not even another consultant and restorative dentist because the specter of that whole investigation yeah. it rips people apart. And the general medical council did a study on this, and over 10 years they attributed
1: 21 suicides to this process. It doesn't surprise me the slightest. And I think if you're not in the profession, what what is hard to grasp is that it takes two years. Yeah. It takes two years to go from initial complaint to hearing. It doesn't now, right? Okay. It yeah. stopped now. But let me tell you the problem that we had through that period, which
0: is perhaps lessening now, Um. So the problem is that when you get, the best way I have learned to describe this from my own perspective is that when you learn that you have been charged with being misleading, deliberately misleading and dishonesty, and let's get this straight, the person who's charged you of that is not a clinician, it's someone reading some bits of paper and putting that charges down. Um, I had done everything I could to help the patient, um, I felt, and I think that was basically proven in the end. But it felt like I had come across a girl on a Saturday night who was being beat up by her boyfriend in the street and I had separated them and taken her home in a taxi and made sure she was safe and she accused me of rape. That's what it felt like. It felt like the profession was accusing me of the most heinous crime and it was just... Honestly, it tore me to bits. And and that... And then in the end... The, the, the committee that looked at that said, we don't know why those charges have been brought and there's no evidence anyway. And so to be put through that yeah. for months, it that was awful. Now, they moved it upstream, as they've talked yes. about, caseworkers, yeah, yeah, OK? Yeah. And my experience of caseworkers so far has generally been quite positive. Mm, I think so. Right? I think um, so. So cases seem to be being sorted out and batted off much more quickly. And m- anecdotally, I'm told that that 80% hearing has been cut to 20%. And that's really positive. We need to take responsibility to know what's going on and we need as a profession to be looking at child sheets and be questioning this type of thing. And when I spoke to the group in Belfast recently, a lot of them were ignorant to the way the process has been and how difficult it's mm-hmm. been. But um, um, And I think we need to take more responsibility for this. But there is um, something in the offing which will change everything again. So clearly the GDC went to the Parliamentary Select Committee and were examined carefully by that. They had a very bad PSA report, which is their regulator, which has no teeth. But at least it was a bad report. And they were under pressure enormously, and things were changed. But the biggest change that's in the offing is there will be a change of chairman. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I don't have the exact facts on this. I'm. I'm working on this and talking to people about this at the minute. But it does seem that his term is
1: up. In the first half of next year, is that right? Because I wasn't sure whether it was, it was being two, or three years. In. Oh, is it really? Well, I think it's two, or three years. But we need to know this, and we yeah, need to be yeah, aware yeah. of this,
0: because if there is to be a change, that is the single biggest thing that will make a change to the GDC. Mm. And what we need to do is, in some way, lobby and campaign for
1: somebody who is from a clinical background. So we, we are. Um, already on vote Campbell for that. <laughs> no, Well I can't. Oh, it I'm can't. excluded due to my oh, leprosy. Geez. My professional <laughs> leprosy. So um so that's narrowed down the profession to about uh, maybe half. Yeah, 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 thought, half. yeah. Half the guy. I mean if you've oh, never if you've never had a,
0: an FTP case, what have you been doing, man? You must have just, you know, come on, get with the program. So so um so so I think that look I I I, I there were times through my case where I thought um I don't want to do this anymore. And and and, and I thought, you know, and, and and I actually I have this strategy that I get to with situations like this. And I said, Well, do you know what? I'll just wait and see what they say. But if I'm not good enough for them, no problem, I'll go and do something else. And and I, I genuinely and my you know, if it wasn't my wife was extraordinary, I'm not gonna do an Oscar speech here, but <laughs> my wife's philosophy towards this was extraordinary. And she just said, do You know what? She I mean she was disgusted at at, at the stuff that it said. And which was then just pulled back and stopped. And I got two lines of advice which were ridiculous in, in and in a confidential letter of advice, but that forms my FTP history, so I can't now um, leave the country without leaving my passport at the Iranian <laughs> embassy or something.
1: It's interesting that they, although it clearly has a, a very severe effect on... Not only the the mental health, but actually the physical health of, oh, yeah, of some people. There's not a lot of support out there. No, I mean, it's not. it's best best than it was, I believe. Do you
0: know the best support that everybody's finding is the fact is there are guys within the profession that are helping yeah, yeah. people, and that's what happened to me.
1: And and I think that it's one of those things um, that we need to talk about yeah. more. Yeah. What people don't
0: understand now is that they're terrified now, but you can't be struck off if you're fit to practice it's on the at, day it's at the hearing, time of the hearing right? so everything is remediable apart yeah. from dishonesty so if they decide that I am terrible at putting implants in I can get better yeah. between now and yeah. then and yeah, yeah, stay yeah, yeah. on the register right and so it's we shouldn't be frightened of it as long as it's treated in the correct way hmm. oof should we do the next? Let's do the next episode a bit more lighthearted. Okay, I, I see that. that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, um, answers on a postcard to <laughs> someone other than us because we're exhausted. <laughs> Thanks for listening.
1: So that's going to do us for another episode of Incisive Decisive, our last one of 2018. Hopefully, I've edited enough out there to get us past any legal challenges that may occur. Um, we'll let you know if the GDC get in touch. As ever, if you want to talk to us, email us at info at incisivedecisive.com. We're also on Twitter at incisivepod and on Facebook. If you like what we're doing, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. There's an accompanying blog to go with this episode, a link to which I'll add to the show notes. As always, our music is by the wonderful Gallops. We'll see you again for the next Incisive Decisive. Next time on incisive decisive
0: Social media is so shit <laughs>
1: Dental Facebook is toxic. It takes a prick to know a prick. <laughs> and so So here so, I am So do you know what? <laughs> Dental Twitter
0: Certainly does. So it sounds looks to me like it's recording but it could be bullshit. <laughs> and I've just sworn onto a piece of technology. That means I'm probably gonna lose my G D C registration.